welcome back to another episode of Explain Us Slowly. This is Dimitri. Hi, say hi, Dimitri. Hi. <laughs> what happened? You lost your voice? You can talk. Hello. Bonjour. Hello, bonjour. <laughs> okay. Do you have anything to ask me today, or should I ask you? Ask me. I should ask you. Uh, do you have any questions for me? <laughs> well, yes, thank you for asking. <laughs> I can ask you if you don't have a question for me. So, what's the process that you go through to make a new recipe for Nafa? Oh, I don't know, man. Uh, so, Nafa is an app that I made, and its per- sole purpose is to introduce new uh, introduce new dishes to um, to people who aren't very familiar with Vietnamese food because it could be intimidating if you and a lot of restaurants. A lot of Vietnamese restaurants around that I've seen are not very, um, like it's very limited to like pho and a few and a few other dishes like egg rolls, spring rolls, or like banh mi, which is a sandwich. Mm-hmm. So it's very limited. It's not, and there's a lot of food. There's still a lot of Vietnamese dishes that are much better than those few dishes that they often serve. Just not as popular. Just not. It's not that it's not as popular. I think it's just not popular. Not to, known. Not known to the to the the customers that is that area is is based in. You know. But if you go to like, uh, we're in California, so if you go to like Orange County, like that's where all Vietnamese people live. You know. So not a single one has stepped out of that county. Yeah. Well, I mean, kind of. <laughs> you have Koreatown, you have Thai Town. It's it's like that. You, that's like the center of like the Vietnamese uh, community, you know. So you don't just see pho. You see lots and lots of other dishes, you know. But so yeah, this app is meant to introduce dishes that are different, that are you know so good. So and in order to do this this app, like I have to create recipes, and it's usually dishes that I like to eat. But it's not extremely bizarre to the to the non Vietnamese Americans. Amer- yeah, well, it's not just Americans; it could be anybody. But yeah, uh, so yeah, it's usually dishes I like to eat and that I would like to make to learn how to make. Cause, I mean, Orange County is quite far from where we live, so and we don't go there often. So, and and where we live, there aren't that many Vietnamese restaurants that have dishes that I enjoy to eat, you know. Mm -hmm. So, I I try, I tend to make things that I want to eat and that um, I could make whenever I want, you know. Yeah. So, that way I don't have to plan a trip to go somewhere, yeah. So, bringing us back on topic, how do you make one such recipe? (laughs) as to like why do i choose the dishes that i choose okay so yeah how do i make a recipe well normally like i said i would make something that i've had already and that i know that i like so i already have a base idea of what the flavor is and what sort of things go in that in the in the dish so the only thing i don't know is then like um like the proportions and like how to cook it, you know, 
Like, do you do this first or do you do that first? Do you wash whatever you're cooking? Like, if you're making, like, sticky rice or rice even, for instance, like, do you need to wash the rice beforehand or do you just put it in water to cook? Do you need to let the rice soak first or do you just, does that make sense? Like, there's, there's so, a colander involved. There's no colander involved. But there's many ways to, like, prepare something. So that is normally part of the research. I would spend some time on the internet. I'm not stealing people's recipe, but I do look at the way other people do their recipe. And to see if my list of ingredients that I know matches what sort of, like, the general, um, the general, like, consensus consensus yeah exactly so i mean everyone have their own way of making recipes and sometimes people add a little bit of this a little bit of extra something else and it's catering to their palate you know Mm -hmm. and sometimes i just leave it all out because it's catering to my palate but it still tastes good Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying and i try to make the recipe as simple as possible yeah because not everyone is a cook you know or a chef i don't know but, so I usually try to make my recipe as simple as possible as well. That way, like, you don't have to be the best cook in the world and you could still make this if you just follow the steps, you know? Mm-hmm. So. so how many iterations do you go through actually making it to see what the correct proportions are, what the correct ingredients are? Mm-hmm. Uh, it really depends. Like, if it's something that I often cook a lot at home but I don't have a recipe for... Then I will, and and that I already know how I like my food to taste. Then I would uh, jot down all the ingredients roughly, and and then I would uh, try to figure out a portion. Because I at that point I already know how to make it. I already know what goes in it. I just need to measure out the proportion at that point. Mm-hmm. The exact right? measurements. The exact measurements because. I don't cook with measurements, like, honestly. Like, even though I have an app that, like, teach, that tells people recipe down to, like, the milli- like down to, like, the grams of, like, how many things you put in, I don't use that. I only, like, often when I cook something, I just I estimate it. it. I just estimate it and it always comes out good. And it kind of shows that, like, you kind of don't need, like, accurate... Uh, proportion you know mm-hmm. like if you're comfortable with cooking it'll just work <laughs> i mean anytime you see a recipe and it's like 100 grams of this 250 grams of this 300 grams of that like the food does not align to yeah. our numeric standards of anything yeah uh, so the fact that it is aligned it means that someone just rounded it to the nearest hundred. Yeah, usually, and that was good enough. <laughs> usually, I round my numbers too, and mm. it, like I said, like it's an it's an estimate. It will always taste good, but I think by by providing a number to a something, it helps guide people to start off. This is the base, pretty much. Like mm-hmm. start off with this, and then you can always tweak it to your liking. Mm-hmm. You know, but don't tweak it before trying it first. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, because for me, I find it really hard because often a lot of the dishes that I eat growing up, I know how to make them, but I don't have a recipe for them. So then what I would then do, it's like, I would cook it. Mm-hmm. I would just cook the thing. And then I would write down what I cook, like what I put in, right? And then 
I would taste it as I'm cooking it. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this doesn't taste correct. Let me add a little extra of this. So I'll, I'll start very little. I'll do like half a teaspoon or a quarter teaspoon of something. And then I would jot that number down and I'm like, okay, it's still not perfect, but it's missing something else. So let me add something else in there. So I usually have like a rough estimate, idea of what I want to make, mm-hmm. you know, and how it should taste. And then I go and tweak it until it is a right flavor profile. You know, because I didn't learn cook. I I learned by watching people. Like I watched my mom cook a lot. I watched my grandma cook a lot when we when I was young. But they don't have recipes either. They just cook based on the how it tastes. You know, and play, like always taste the food that you cook. Don't follow a recipe blindly. You know, same thing for me. Like whenever I, you can always catch too much salt early, not yeah, later. <laughs> yeah, like because everyone's palate is different. You, Dimitri, eats a lot of salt compared to I eat a lot. Like I don't eat that much salt, but you add a lot of salt extra while you eat. You know, so like there's always that too. You know, yeah. So it's really interesting the the whole cooking process. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not the best cook. I just usually cook it to how I like it, and I guess because I'm picky, it's easy. <laughs> it's easy to make something because I'm like, okay, I know what I like and I know what I don't like. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas for a lot of people, it's like, oh, I'll eat anything. That makes it really hard for people who need, wants to cook for those people. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, I know you like everything, but there has to be something that you extremely like that you know. That because you liking everything is makes it hard for people to like satisfy you. Mm-hmm. Right. So now that you have a recipe all written down, what are the next steps to actually get it into the app? Um. Well, normally after I come up with the proportions and things like that, I do try cooking it several more times with that same proportion to see if those numbers work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then after doing it a few times with those numbers, I tend to adjust them a little bit more throughout the process. Mm-hmm. And then once it's finalized, that's when I type it up, I guess. No? Like how, how detailed do you want me to go into like, the, the if process? Someone has no idea how it ends up in an app. Like what do you do? Oh, well, First, I I would type it out in English in just like a notes app or like, you know, word processor or whatever you call it nowadays. Like I just type it out in English. Like, okay, this recipe, I usually provide like a, a little backstory or like just a little description of what the dish is. And then I would then type out my recipe and I would just go like line by line, step by step of what you need to do. Like you need to cut the onions, you need to do this, you need to wash this, you need to do that, that, that. And then you, I just go line by line like, okay, put the onion in, saute for like a minute or whatever, and then move on to the next step, right? So I would type all that out in English. Mm-hmm. And then once I have an idea of how many steps there needs to be, like how many, if I need to add like footnotes to a certain part of the ingredient to a certain part of the instructions you know because there are certain things that you can do you know so I would add certain notes if I need to but writing it completely out allows me to like 
planet. Planet and also read it over to see does this make sense going in this order? And like I said, I'm trying to write the recipe as simple as possible so that if you just follow the recipe, it would work. So I'm trying to, so I'm just writing it in like plain English, the simplest way possible, you know, and then just that. And then once I have that written out and it makes sense, then that's when I go and create art for it. Right. So, and, um, not pho has a lot, all the art in not pho is drawn by me. So I have to draw out the art and each of the instruction step has an art form that goes with it. So if you are able to see it, then you can, you can kind of roughly like, it, it acts as a guide as mm-hmm. to like what step is next. The untold steps pretty much. Yeah, but it's not completely in details, you know, it's just like, a little bit hints here and there. And most often it is animated to make it a little bit more fun, you know, because what's bo- honestly, I find like recipe books so boring because it's just text and one image, like the final dish. But then, like, sometimes you want to see the in between steps to see if you're getting correctly there, you know? Mm-hmm. And I understand, like, a lot of the art that I do is a little bit more abstract, but it does get. It does still get the idea across, though, you know, as to like, okay, at this step, this is sort of what it kind of looks like, you know. Mm-hmm. So I do all the art, and then once I finish the art, that's when I go into an app called Xcode, and that's where um, I use to code all of it up. So I import all my images, and then I would then take what I have written on, like, the stuff that I have written transferred into code, you know, and then, yeah. And then from there you build it to your device and then, yeah, there's right a lot on. of Rinse magic. <laughs> there's a lot of coding magic in between, but yeah, that's pretty much the the stuff. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nothing else? Go check out Lynn's app, Nafa, <laughs> on the App Store. Just type N-O-T space P-H-O, and you should find it. Yeah, it's free to download. Try it out. I mean, even if you're not into Vietnamese food, I mean, there's no harm in trying new things, right? Yeah. And I guarantee you a lot of the dishes are good. And there are some free recipes on there, so. Yeah. It's something oh. for everyone. Oh, and, and of course, like, uh... There's a sticker packet that comes with the the app. So, like, you can... All the artwork that is in the app is then available in the iMessage app. So then you can send those stickers to other people. And this includes artwork for all the paid recipes, too, even if you don't pay. We should pay anyways. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, it's it's really interesting process. It's a lot of work, I have to say. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, at one point, I wanted to do the... Like record you like videos and put it on YouTube's and like to help promote not pho. But I wanted to like document the process of like coming up with a recipe because often a lot of cooking sh- like uh, like cooking shows and stuff like that they only show the end product. It's the recipe is already done. The you know they've already done all the work and then they're just showing you 
they're putting it together at the last minute. And I want, I often like to see the process, how they go about deciding what to put in it or like, you know, things like that. So I was trying to create videos that document the process of me making the food, you know, not le that leads up to the final recipe. But I did a couple and then afterwards I kind of stopped because it was just so much work. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's really interesting. Yeah. Thanks for joining everyone. Bye.